I'm posting this in hopes of getting an explanation, interpretation, someone who relates with a similar experience, or even just others' thoughts and input. This began about three or four months ago. I started having minor auditory and visual hallucinations throughout the day and night, but they never bothered me. I was used to them, but then I began having experiences that were on a different level. I consider them hallucinations, but I'm not even sure if that's what they are. Throughout this post, I'll be using a phrase, I know, knew, that, blank, a lot. What I mean by this is I don't have an actual memory or proof of whatever I'm describing, but I have a gut feeling about it and somehow just know in my subconsciousness that it occurred. If it matters for anything, I'm an 18-year-old female and I have anxiety slash ADHD that may contribute to my hallucinations. The first two experiences happened while I was sleeping. They could be dreams, but I'm fairly sure that I was awake due to things I'll discuss later. I feel it's important to add that they feel like things I wasn't meant to remember, and the things that I do remember from the first two experiences are foggy bits and pieces. I won't waste any more time here, I'll just get into the experiences. First experience. I don't remember what I was doing when it happened, but a wave of sleepiness washed over me suddenly, and I had the urge to take a nap. I rarely ever take naps because it's hard to fall asleep. After falling asleep, I woke up in my bedroom, but everything was slightly different. My bed was on a diagonal angle instead of against the wall like it always had been. There were slightly different pieces of furniture and things on my wall. I remember reaching for my phone and turning it on. I likely did this in real life because I remember the light from my phone hurting my eyes. This is the first indicator that I wasn't completely asleep during these experiences. I think I was trying to text my sister for help, but I don't remember why I thought I needed help. Upon looking at my phone, I noticed that all the text looked like gibberish or a language that I had never seen before. I gave up and put my phone back down. I struggled to keep my eyes open, and my vision was blurry. But I saw two tall, solid black figures in my room standing side by side. They were about two and a half feet from my bed. They didn't have facial features, but I knew they were looking at me. They were talking to each other quietly, and I knew it was about me. One might have had a clipboard, but I can't remember clearly. One was slightly taller than the other. He was on the left, and the slightly shorter one was on the right. I heard them speaking, but either I couldn't process the words, or I just can't remember what it was they were saying. My vision was delayed, and I turned my head from side to side slowly. I stayed lying down in bed. The figures didn't scare me. Their presence didn't feel evil at all. I was calm, but confused. They felt like male presences. Suddenly, my view faded, and it transitioned into a third person. I saw myself lying in my bed as if I was watching from my ceiling. The figures were still there, looking at my body in my bed. I had symbols on my face. It looked like black face paint. There were four black obtuse triangles, two on each cheek. There might have been thick lines above my eyebrows, but I can't remember clearly. I also don't remember when I fell back asleep or when the figures left. The next morning, 
I didn't remember the experience right away like I normally do with dreams. I always remember my dreams right as I wake up, and then they fade throughout the day. This experience was the opposite. I didn't have any recollection upon waking up, and small snippets of what happened came back to my memory slowly throughout the day. It was difficult to remember and hold on to the details, so I wrote down everything I could remember. The next night, as I was going to sleep, I felt an urge out of nowhere to open my eyes. I did, and for a second, I saw a large, white, transparent orb a few feet away from my bed. It faded almost immediately and kind of went downwards. It didn't bother me, and I just shut my eyes and went to sleep. Second experience? A few weeks later, I was sleeping and awoke at some point during the night. I saw one figure standing in my room, and this time, my room was accurate to real life. Bed was in the correct position, my furniture, etc. Again, the figure didn't have a detailed face, but again, I could tell he was looking at me. He was slightly crouched, and had one arm barely extended toward me. I knew that he had asked me a question, and he seemed concerned with a sense of urgency. I recognized him as the slightly shorter figure from the first experience. I was calm, despite being woken up abruptly, and when I realized he needed something, I sat up slightly and spoke out loud. I heard myself say, let me take this out so I can talk to you. I took out my top retainer that prevents me from speaking clearly. I set it on the pillow next to me, closest to the wall. That is where this memory of this encounter ended. I know we had a conversation after I took out my retainer, but I don't know what about. The next morning, when I woke up, my top retainer was not in my mouth, and trust me, it could not have fallen out. I couldn't find my retainer anywhere. This sort of proves to me that I was somewhat awake during this experience, and likely the last one as well. I did end up finding the retainer on the floor about a week later. Third Experience this occurred about a month after the previous experience. I was at a hospital-slash-medical center getting a brain scan done. It was part of a series of tests my doctor had ordered for me to check for any heart conditions due to medical symptoms I have been having lately. The scan consisted of me having wires attached to the outside of my head, and I laid in a dark room for about 45 to 60 minutes. The doctors instructed me to try and fall asleep if I could. Every so often, lights would flash in the room because part of the test was to see if I had epilepsy. I was laying down for the whole test with my eyes closed. I couldn't fall asleep, but I got close. For most of the test, I was in that state of dozing off but never quite falling asleep. At some point during the test, I could faintly see the room that I was laying in. Even though my eyes were completely closed and the room was dark, I saw one of the figures walk up to the bed I was laying on. It wasn't from either of the first two experiences. I knew he was also a male and he was the same species, because he was solid black, tall, and had a lanky build. The only difference was this figure had two thick horn-like points sticking out of the back of his head. They were part of his head. There wasn't a spot where his head stopped and the horns started, it was all just one. 
He walked along my bed and stopped near where my head was. He was looking down at me, and keep in mind that my eyes were closed during this whole experience, but I could somehow faintly see the figure in the room I was in. His presence felt specifically calming, and I felt as if he was there to just check on me. This theory makes sense to me because I know that I would have looked a little concerning to anyone who didn't know what was going on, as I was laying in a dark room in a hospital alone, and completely still with weird wires attached to my head. The figure stayed there, looking at me for maybe a minute or so. I could see him, not clearly, but just as well as I could see the other figures from my first two experiences, meaning I could see his body and his movements but couldn't make out the details, if there were any, because the figures are just solid black creatures after all. Then, I saw him lift his arm and I watched as he placed his hand around my wrist gently. He placed his hand in the same way that someone would if they were trying to check for a pulse. I could physically feel his hand as he touched me. It felt incredibly real. I got a good look at his hand, five fingers, just like a human hand except larger, and his fingers were larger and thicker than a human hand. He didn't have any fingernails, and his thumb ended in a slight point instead of a curve like a human finger would. He left his hand there for maybe ten seconds before removing it as carefully as he did when he put it there. I could feel him let go, and I still felt the warmth on my wrist from where he held it. Then, he took another look at me before walking behind the headboard and around to the other side of the bed. The headboard was against a solid wall in the room I was in, but for the figure, it was like the wall didn't exist. He just walked right through it. When he got to the other side of the bed, he walked slightly upward, even though there was nothing for him to be standing on. Then my view of him in the room faded, and I went back to seeing nothing but black. I've given this figure the name Bendy, because his pointed head-slash-horns reminded me of Bendy from that game, Bendy and the Ink Machine. He's the only one of the figures that I've named. Fourth Experience After the encounter during the brain scan, I went a long time without seeing any of the figures. After a month and a half, or maybe even two months, passed between this experience and the previous one, this one is brief but still important. I was on a trip with my parents and two younger siblings. We were in Kansas, visiting my hometown where I grew up. At the end of our first day there, we checked into a hotel and got ready for bed. I was lying in bed, and the room was very dimly lit by the bathroom light. I was trying to get sleepy enough to fall asleep, but I still had my eyes open as I looked around the room. Suddenly, I felt the presence of one of the figures, and I'm pretty sure it was Bendy. Even though I couldn't see him, I felt his presence walk around the foot of the queen bed I was sleeping in. It was sort of like when you can sense someone is walking up behind you, and you can tell about how close they are to you, even though you can't see them. I felt him walk up next to me, and then his presence faded away. Fifth Experience I'm unsure if this is related to the figures that I've been seeing, but it's kind of weird, so I'm including it. One night a few weeks ago, I was sitting on the top of the roof of my house just looking at the stars. I do this a lot, just sit up there by myself and listen to music. After being up there for a while, 
I suddenly felt the sensation of a hand being placed on my back. It was the same kind of sensation that I felt when Bendy held my wrist during the brain scan. I didn't get a read on how I felt about the presence like I usually do. It faded away quickly. I'm just assuming this was him because he's the only one out of all the figures that has actually touched me. However, there wasn't any indicator of what or who it was that touched me. These three events happened in Northern Ohio in the early 90s when I was a preteen. I don't remember exactly when two of these events happened, or which happened first, but I'll start with the most benign. This first event happened for several weeks in a row. I believe this would happen on Tuesdays, but it may have been Thursdays. Not sure if that matters, but I've always thought it was weird that it would happen consecutively on the same day for several weeks in a row. I'd walk outside for whatever reason after dark, look up into the sky, and right above me there would be several objects that looked like stars zipping around. They would zip off in one direction, and then do a 90 degree turn and zip off in a different direction. They looked exactly like stars, but were zipping around unlike any stars I had ever seen before. I believe there would be two of them each time. I've heard of others seeing something like this before, and in fact, my mother-in-law saw something similar once. Before I tell the second event, I should say that I grew up living with my grandparents, as my mother passed away when I was almost four, and I've never met my dad. In the fall of 91, my grandfather was diagnosed with stomach cancer and eventually died from it in October of 92. While he was sick, my grandmother, uncle, and I would go out to eat a lot so he wouldn't have to smell food as he couldn't eat much. This plays more into the third event, but I'm saying it now as it could help date when this second event took place. This isn't a guarantee, as we would go out to eat before he got cancer and after he died, but, that being said, the second event could have happened while he was sick. At any rate, one night, my grandmother and I went out to eat at Friendly's, a sit-down chain restaurant that's not around anymore. On our way home, there was a silver egg-shaped object in the sky that was seemingly following us. I don't recall much other than it was maybe a thousand feet off the ground, though it was hard to tell. I would maybe say it was as low as a helicopter flies, which might be close to 3,000 feet. But again, distance in the sky is hard to determine. The following day, we happened to be on our porch and in broad daylight, and the object was hovering in the sky around the same height right across the street from our house. I don't remember exactly how long it was there, but it was at least for a little while. At least long enough for us to stand on our porch, watch, and then wonder about it. The third event is by far the weirdest and still creeps me out to this day. While my grandfather was in the hospital, my grandmother and I would be out at different stores or whatnot, and we'd seen this man standing off somewhere and staring right at us. I want to say he was wearing a black suit, but I might just be adding that. 
I do remember he had orange, reddish skin, like he had a really bad sunburn, and he'd been grinning at us. I believe I even saw him at the hospital once, grinning at us. Years later, while I'm in my 20s, I asked my grandmother about that grinning man, and she confirmed what I remembered about him. She added that she didn't want to tell me this as a kid, because she didn't want to scare me, but once she just happened to look out the front door and saw the man standing across the street, staring right up at our house and grinning. As an update, I was listening to a podcast about Sedona and all the weird stuff that happens in that area, it's very Skinwalker Ranch, a few months before my grandfather was diagnosed with cancer, we had taken a cross-country trip and visited some family in Arizona. On our way to the Grand Canyon, our van caught on fire, and my great-uncle was hit in the face with a radiator cap, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, we never made it to the Grand Canyon that day, obviously, but we did stop in Sedona. If you don't know, Sedona is famous for their red rocks, like most national parks, it is illegal to take anything out of the park. That being said, we did take a red rock a little smaller than a soccer ball with us when we left. My grandmother was fairly superstitious. In the years that followed, we were met with a lot of bad luck. My grandmother eventually contributed it to us taking the rock out of the park. I don't know if that's the case, but I wonder if any of the three occurrences I mentioned were connected to the rock and the weirdness that surrounds Sedona. Let me take you back to one of the creepiest encounters I have ever experienced in my 25 years of life. First, I would like to set the scene for you all. I'm female, I was 17, and living at a dingy little motel with my mother in a crap area in metro Atlanta. The motel was full of the types of folks you would expect to see there. You had your pimps and prostitutes, you had a couple dealers, but you mostly saw their clientele. I personally was never bothered, it was what it was. And 17-year-old me liked to think of myself as a little gangster, despite being a whopping 5'3 and around 110 pounds. I wasn't worried. <laughs> so, here I am, hanging out the motel with my boyfriend one lovely dark winter night. We were both antsy and bored out of our minds, so we decided to take a walk to the gas station across the street for some cigarillos. Sure, it's late, but the gas station's only across the street. What can happen between here and there? I forgot to mention previously that directly in front of the right half of the hotel is a Waffle House. Like, you pretty much pull into the Waffle House and drive past it just a tad to end up in the motel parking lot. Only mentioning this because the location matters a little, anyway. So, we set off. Boyfriend and I are arguing, so we barely even notice when this woman popped out from behind the Waffle House building. But when we did notice, we instantly went silent. This large, large woman was stomping towards us. I don't mean large, like overweight, no, I mean large as in everything. She was way taller than me, and had at least half a foot on my boyfriend who was 5'7". And sure, she was overweight too, 
I only mentioned her height and weight to help y'all understand that she was just a really big lady, which made her intimidating as hell. When she approached us, her face was twisted in a way that looked both angry and confused. I was not feeling very gangster anymore. <laughs> as she stood in front of us, she just stared at us with that same face, eyes moving back from my boyfriend to myself. So I take a step or two back behind my boyfriend when the lady finally speaks. Where's the crack? I couldn't tell if this was a question or a demand. Either way, we didn't have any and we told her that. You're lying. I know you have some. Nope, we don't. <laughs> we told her that again. But she was becoming increasingly angry as we kept repeating that we really didn't have any. So finally, I'm like, look, lady, we don't have any crack. Try the other side of the hotel. I bet there's someone with some over there. I felt like it was sound advice because we really didn't have anything and someone likely would have it over there. I just wanted her to leave at this point, but I guess that bothered her even more. Because as we started to retreat toward the store, she screams at us, How would you know unless you have it? Once she said that, I realized there was no convincing her that we truly did not have any crack. So we noped the hell out of there. I was nervous about walking back, but you gotta do what you gotta do. And fortunately for us, she was nowhere in sight. So we locked ourselves in my room and put the cigarillo to good use while we laughed about what the hell just happened. I assume she went to the other side and found what she was looking for. And even better, I never saw her again. And to be clear, I do not judge those with addictions. As someone who has lost an almost lost family to it, I find it incredibly heartbreaking and place no judgment on those who get sucked into its spiral. I hope that woman ended up getting help, and I hope the same for all the addicts out there. If that happens to be you, let me tell you this, you are strong and you can do it. You got this. But to the creepy lady demanding I give her my non-existent crack, I hope to... Never encounter you again. Having had a fair share of unexplainable paranormal experiences, this one stands out quite a bit as a disembodied voice for some reason scared me a lot more than any physical being that I've yet encountered, and it still gives me the heebie-jeebies to this day although at least now I can laugh it off and chalk it up to being a reckless drunk teenager. For context, my friends and I were pretty used to spending weeks on end unattended, mostly runaways. And this was about 2005. Some parents and neighbors checked up on us, but kind of knew it was better to let us get it out of our systems, I guess. But the danger's always still there, with a house full of drunk teens. <laughs> Anyways... After a particularly wild house party, we cleared the house out, locked the doors, windows, did some light cleaning as much as we could, and went to bed. I was the last one awake, checking and double-checking the doors. I finally crawled to the top bunk and tried to sleep. As I recall, it was about Christmas time, snow on the ground, uh, pretty chilly, but normal for the area. The window I was sleeping near had been cracked from the changing weather, and a slight breeze came in, which I enjoyed, part of the reason I chose the top bunk. 
there was a cardboard piece on the window to prevent the real chill coming in, so it was pleasant enough. I had been drifting off, enjoying the gentle cold of the window, when I started hearing a soft voice, like a, a whispering down a long hallway. It sounded mumbled at first, and in my stupor, I didn't react or care at first, until it cleared up and I thought to myself, what if someone's outside when they shouldn't be? I tried to turn to the window, but couldn't. I was too relaxed or too drunk, I don't know. I've only ever experienced sleep paralysis once, and that's a whole other story. The voice became clearer when I realized I couldn't move, and it was calling my name, beckoning me, urging me to join it, to jump out of the broken window and run to it, to be with it at once, all the while growing in volume until it was nearly screaming in my ears, as if it were in the bed next to me. Now, this is just paraphrasing, I can't fully recall the words, but the feeling, oh, that feeling when it said my name, it's like I, I needed to be with it at once. As much as I knew it was dangerous and a bad idea, I can remember that feeling, that need. I was so willing to do anything in that moment to follow what it was saying. I could already see myself jumping out the broken window from two stories up and running through the woods in the snow, shoeless and bleeding, most likely to a horrible death. But I snapped out of it. Someone was pounding on the front door. It sounded like they were trying to break in. I tried to get up quickly, but by the time I got myself together, the bedroom door flew open, and my uncle was there. He was pale and eyes wide like he'd seen a ghost. He asked where his daughter was. She was safe on the bottom bunk. He explained that he had a bad feeling about us, knowing how he liked to party. He didn't mention if he had seen anything as he drove up. I kind of think he did. It was pretty well known to see odd things at that house and in the immediate area. I told everyone when they woke up, but didn't mention much after that. I still think of it sometimes, wondering what could have happened if I did go and wondering what it was. A couple of weeks ago, I was sitting on my back porch with my longtime best friend of 15 years. We were in wicker chairs, hers facing mine and mine backed up to the kitchen bay window. As a little bit of backstory, her brother passed away earlier this year and it's been extremely hard for her and her family. So we're sitting outside on my back porch just talking about bettering ourselves and stopping our unhealthy behaviors, when all of a sudden, I hear these voices speaking over each other, like radio chatter right into my ear like I had headphones. It was a man and a woman's voice, over music, as if they were having a conversation about our conversation. It was so loud that it startled me. I gasp and jump in my seat. Did you hear that? I asked my friend. She looks at me like she might call the psych ward, and slowly shakes her head. No, what are you talking about? She says. So immediately, I'm thinking that she might be doing the right thing by calling the psych ward on me. I'm trying to rationalize, I try to explain to her what's going on, repeating that I felt crazy and I didn't know what was going on. I felt dizzy and unable to think clearly. I said once again, 
man, I think I'm going crazy. And as soon as I said it, two loud knocks on the window behind me. Just bang, bang. She jumped out of her chair and ran inside to my mom's bedroom, where my mom was sitting. We both went in quickly, shut the door, and started asking my mom if she heard anything or if she was in the kitchen or anything. She said no, of course. Fast forward about 30 minutes. My friend and I are both still astonished and disoriented by what had just occurred. She's getting ready to leave, and she's telling me she loves me. I still can't let it go, and I don't want her to leave yet. I say to her, We can't leave until we know what the message was. I just want to know what the message was. She says, Me too, but it's late and I gotta go. So, I get over myself and take a look around to make sure she's got everything, and I see a lighter that is not mine on the nightstand. I pick it up and hand it to her, and say, here, you might want this. She takes it and says, oh yeah, that was dead brother's name, thanks. And once again, as soon as she says this, the TV turns on, from the off position, and says, right here, clear as day. We cried together, and I suddenly knew exactly what the message was. He spoke through me after that, and the conversation was too personal to post, but it was detailed. And I knew things, and had intuitive feelings about things that I never could have known or helped her through without him guiding me. I've had many, many ghost encounters and spiritual experiences, but never have I ever acted as a true medium before. It kind of makes me want to pursue this and help others who have lost loved ones. I've semi-shared some of this on random other subreddits, but I figured I would compile it as well as add some new information here. I've only recently taken an interest in aliens and UFOs. I haven't been on Reddit long, so these subreddits started stealing my attention. A part of me thinks it's around the time that I started looking at all this stuff that strange things began to happen, and maybe it's my mind playing tricks. Anyways, on with it. So we got to this new place several months ago. Family lived here before us, so we constantly were here visiting before taking it over when they moved out. Over the past two years visiting, me and my brother have seen two odd things. One being a large egg-shaped object in the clouds, which were several miles away according to weather apps. And second, for months there was this super bright star above the house and every time I visited, we would see it above. We would sit and look at the sky and chat about our projects we were working on together. One night, while looking up at the sky, this large bright star just turned off. It hasn't been seen there since. For months, we had seen it, never bothering to check which planet or star it was. And then, as we look, blip, just turned off. It was above us, so not a satellite rounding the Earth and out of view, never moved. Some have told me that I may have gotten lucky and watched as the final bit of light from a star hit Earth. Anyways, we're finally taking over the house. We are far from anyone else except our neighbors. No traffic out here. About two to three weeks ago, 
My wife and I are sitting outside on the front porch as a storm approaches. To our left is blue sky, but getting darker as the evening settles in. To the right and above us are dark thunderclouds. The streetlights just turned on as we sit, and we're enjoying this cool evening. There's a tree about 20 feet in front of us. Suddenly, out of the branches, this inch or so long, jet black bowl comes floating out. It's moving to our left towards neighbor's backyard. I follow it. My wife sees it as well, but stays sat on the porch. I'm literally 10 feet or so under this thing. It's wobbling back and forth on its axis, but moving in a straight line. Take a bowl in your hand and walk with it holding it in front of you, and then wobble it left and right. That's how it moved. But it started moving upward over the power lines. I followed it. It gets over the power lines and about 15 or so feet away from it hovering over the neighbor's backyard. Then, just as it lowers behind the power line from my perspective, it vanishes, or turns off, etc. My wife witnessed it as well. There is nothing in the neighbor's yard for it to get behind. I'm standing there, power line is about 15 feet away, and then it's about 25 feet into the neighbor's yard, and poof. Well, that was odd for sure. Some days later, I'm back out on the porch watching YouTube when I hear a thud above the porch roof. I looked up from my phone and instantly see in my van's reflection in the side windows a large dark figure on the roof, but holding a powerful semi-dark blue light. The point of light is bright, and I can see some of it hitting my van. I continue to hear it stepping on the roof, I jump up and run towards the van and turn around, but nothing's there. I figured some dude was trying to break in. After seeing nothing, logic enters my mind and I tell myself it would have had to have been a distant car's lights, but that doesn't explain why I see blue light hitting this side of my vehicle, nor why there were thuds above me. Oh, and I forgot to mention, just 20 or so minutes before this, a very loud but distant boom echoed across the sky. Side note, a few thunderstorms before, then lightning flew across the clouds, it didn't sound normal. Not crackly like electricity, but like a motor. Like a Harley Davidson motorcycle, a deep pop but far apart. Fast forward to last night, I'm on the back porch. There's woods behind us, very little light. I'm standing there, looking at my phone, and I hear a noise in the woods. We have armadillos and raccoons, so it doesn't strike me as odd. Suddenly, a loud break of a branch and something about two feet tall is running in my direction. All the while, the sound it makes is like the fast flapping of wings. But it's got legs, and it's on the ground. I freeze. It cuts left as it got close to me and out of sight. Now, besides the flapping of wings, size, and it running on legs at me, the oddest thing is how fast it moved. It's a good 80 feet to the woods. This thing went from the woods, busting branches to me, to my left, out of sight, all within three seconds. I don't know of any animal around here that fits that description. It was jet black, several feet long, and about to my knees. So, about two feet tall. I could hear its footsteps as it ran on top of the rapid flapping of the wings. 
We've constantly heard things in our house, so much so that my kids refuse to sleep upstairs. So we have all been piled in the living room. Oddly, every night, the very second we shut the lights off, something starts moving about in our kitchen and upstairs. I'm planning to start recording it. We also got a cat recently, and this cat does that weird meow they do when they're in heat, but as it stands up on two legs looking upstairs, or up a wall. The cat has been fixed, but this cat's vicious. You can't pet her without her attacking you. She won't get near you, and hides all the time, but when the noise starts in the kitchen, she climbs up onto my lap or piles in with the kids and becomes a sweetheart and just stares at the kitchen. I don't know if I buy into it all, but the kids are flipping out. My oldest son, 14, tells me that he's seen a woman upstairs that he thought was mom. He refuses to go up there now. He's one of those teens that's addicted to gaming on his computer 24-7. It's up there, and he won't go get it and bring it all down. I can tell he so badly wants to, but he won't. So, I'll end up doing it for him. Last night, instead of the usual rummaging sound in the kitchen, we started hearing taps. Three times, stop. Three times, stop. And then we heard three taps above us in the living room, which goes into my girl's room. Three taps, stop. Three taps, stop. Strange objects, a dark figure on my roof with a blue light, weird animals with wings and yet the size of a dog running at me, now tapping in sound upstairs and in the kitchen. So far, nothing extreme past all that. I don't know if this means anything, but all of my kids have lost two to three teeth each time since we've gotten here. I found that to be odd. Every week or so, one of the five out of six kids loses another tooth. We've put them in bags and keep them on top of the fridge, hiding from the kids as we do the whole one dollar from the tooth fairy thing, but all the teeth are gone. I say my wife misplaced them, but she swears that she put them up there. Whether that means anything to anyone I don't know, I'm trying to think of all the odd things to mention. Oh, one last thing. One of the youngest boys, Seven, started having night terrors. Like, fearful. Wakes up, sits up, and looks around and just cries with that vibrating sound in his voice. We've asked if he had a bad dream, and he says no. I said, what are you scared of then? And he just doesn't answer. I've tried enticing him with things I know he wants. Tell me and I'll buy you X. Nothing. No answers. We notice that he shakes. He grabs towards his legs as if he's in pain. So I figured maybe growing pains, which makes your hips and legs hurt. I asked, does he want me to rub them? He says, no, they don't hurt. It's only before he fully wakes up. His legs cripple a bit and he bends his back forward while lying down as if reaching towards his legs, and then cries with that shaky sound in his voice. He's a kid that we're caregivers for, so not his parents. It could be nothing. Anyways, I would love to hear y'all's ideas and thoughts, and thank you. I'm in Florida, by the way, if that matters. All of this only happened after I started getting interested in weird stuff here. Also, it only happened when I started helping a a supposed time traveler with some artwork to explain his story. I like it, and I offered to help. Now this odd stuff happens. Edit. 
probably nothing, but my pet snake refuses to leave its hide. She's an active snake, but we haven't once seen her come out in months. Maybe just the new location, but just worth a mention, I guess. Second update. And no new super odd experiences outside of one. Since I made this post, one major thing has happened. We still hear the sounds in the house, and TJ still wakes up in dreaded fear a few times a week, but one major addition has shown up. He lashes out at us. He's always been a sweet kid, but now he acts evil. He will tell the other kids that he's going to kill them. They look at him wrong, and he'll go to the kitchen and get a knife. He never threatened the kids with it, but he'll just stand there. Then, suddenly, he's sweet again. From strange lights and bodies to some possession-type stuff, are those two things linked? Why are we experiencing both phenomena? The story has two parts, but I'm going to do them in one section, so as to make it flow better. So this actually happened a few days ago. I just didn't find the time to write about it yet. It's, without a doubt, the most scared I've ever been. I'm currently not working because my workplace shut down because of COVID laws, so I'm basically sitting at home all day doing nothing. My dad works in the woods. You could say that he is some sort of uh, park ranger here in Germany. We live in a very rural area, and his job is to basically keep the hiking trails intact and to repair things along the trails like benches, birdhouses, rain shelters, and fireplaces where you're able to grill with permission. There are many elderly people around the area with a pretty hefty amount of wealth, and they sometimes donate money so that their favorite hiking tracks get new benches along the trail or just so that the holes can get filled in again. Recently, an elderly man called my dad and asked if there were plans on building a rain shelter and a few benches along his favorite track. Apparently, he met his wife there. I didn't really ask about that. After a bit of back and forth, my dad and his boss came to the agreement that they would buy a few benches with the old guy's wife's name on it and plant them near the track. You have to dig holes and fill them with concrete since, well, made wooden furniture and other decorations along the track tend to get stolen. Long story short, my dad asked if I wanted to come along and help him out a little since I was doing nothing all day, and I generally enjoy hanging out in the woods. So I agreed. At around 7am, we drove to the dude that made the benches and then into the forest. Just as we planned to start on the holes, my dad realized that he forgot the concrete. It takes about an hour to drive to the nearest place to get some, so he asked me if I wanted to come along or stay in the forest and start digging holes. I chose to stay and dig holes until he returned. After around 10 or 20 minutes, I notice a flashing light from behind me. I turn around, and just around 100 to 150 meters away from me, there's a guy just standing there on the track. I could barely see him. The fog was pretty thick, and it was quite dark, still especially underneath a healthy amount of trees. I looked at him, and I didn't think much about it, but he was intimidating for sure. I weigh below 60 kilos, and even with a shovel, I wouldn't be able to defend myself against a grown man. 
I continued digging and waited until he would come closer so I could ask what that light was, but as I looked back at him, he was pointing a camera at me. No flash this time, but he had a big camera in his hands taking pictures of me. I was wearing working clothes and no makeup. Why would that guy be taking pictures of me? I checked if there was maybe an animal or something around me, but there was absolutely nothing. So I looked back at him and then dropped my tools. I started walking away from the guy while trying to call my dad. Of course, no signal in the middle of the forest. As the guy started to follow me, I could tell that he was wearing a face mask, which is unnecessary in the middle of the forest all alone. As I heard the clicking from the camera again behind me, and my heart started to drop. I walked for around 20 minutes or so while looking back every 10 seconds. It felt like a lifetime. And this guy was still following me. After the painfully long chase, I could see another guy in the distance walking his dog. I started running towards him, and as I looked back during the jog, the camera guy vanished into the woods. I told the doggo man the story, and he walked back to the spot with the tools with me, and we waited until my dad came back. This only happened a few days ago, and I'm still scared to go back into the woods for a walk, even if it's broad daylight. And my dad called the police, but since I couldn't see any features in this guy, there's no way of catching him, which scares me the most. Part 2 As I said, this happened just a few days ago, so it's fairly recent. And just this morning, I saw him again. I'm 100% sure that I did. Like I mentioned in my previous entry, I'm still in lockdown since my workplace closed due to COVID laws, so I have some time on my hands. After my encounter with the camera guy in the woods, I avoided going outside alone as much as possible. But I gotta get over it somehow, so I went out this morning in order to get some eggs and some bread from a local store. I walked there with my earphones in, completely minding my own business. When I entered the store, there was a line as always, since a lot of workers and elderly people go there early in the morning for fresh goods and or coffee. I was just about to remove my headphones when he suddenly turned around. The camera guy. He stood at the end of the line only a few meters in front of me. Same jacket, same height, and same face mask as before. His eyes were just staring me into the ground, and it felt as if he didn't even blink once. I couldn't move or do anything. I was literally petrified for around 10 seconds straight. I couldn't hold it anymore and I just started running. I must have looked so silly in front of the other people. In retrospect, I should have called the police, my dad, or just asked some of the other people for help, but I couldn't. I just wanted to get back home as fast as possible. I've met and have seen some weird or creepy people before, but this man gives off a vibe that makes me want to scream. His eyes alone make me shudder, as if he hasn't slept in ten days, and his general appearance it looks as if he doesn't wash. The way he stared at me, the way his entire body looked, everything just seemed unnatural. Once I got back home, my mom asked me what was wrong. I told her what happened, and we waited until my dad came home from work. My dad then went to the store and asked around if anyone knew the guy. He also told the lady who runs it the story about me inside the woods. Once he came back, 
He told me that literally no one knew the guy, which makes things even worse. Usually my dad and the other older guys in this rather small town know everyone, and everything about everyone. The fact that this man appeared seemingly out of nowhere makes it even more terrifying for me. Maybe I'm just overreacting and he's just a creep and I'm judging a book by its cover, but the vibe he gives off is something I never want to experience again. To give you an idea of how terrified I am after the second encounter with him, I'm too anxious to look outside my window at the moment. I picture him standing somewhere in the corner of my eye, behind a tree or a car similar to Slenderman, staring into my soul with his massive, terrible eyes. I actually hope that this story just ends here and doesn't continue. I want him to never show up again. This happened on my way to EMS class about four years ago. I've been looking for somewhere to post ever since. I'm hoping to find others who've experienced the same thing. I was driving and my brother was in the passenger seat, reading the assigned chapter for that week out loud. We were coming up on an exit when I saw the thing coming down the eastbound freeway ramp. I have to call it a thing because I have no idea what I saw. It moved so fast. To give an idea how fast, we were about 50 yards away, and I saw it at the same time I heard it zip by. It looked like a ripple, like if you saw a heat distortion but throttling forward. It registered as a momentary blur. I didn't have a reference for what I saw, so my brain instantly tried to reject it. It happened so fast, I didn't even react. Not so much as a what the hell. I didn't even mention it. I will say though, traffic was heavy enough that it seems unlikely no one else saw, and I'm baffled that it could maneuver at that speed without colliding with other vehicles. I didn't think about it again until the next time we passed that exit, but even then I thought about it for maybe a second. When we passed by the exit again about a week later, my brother blindsided me. He said, Hey bro, we have to talk about the blur. Apparently, he looked up from his book and saw the same thing that I did, but his take was a bit different. He claimed that he'd been trying to talk to me about it all week, but every time he tried, his whole train of thought derailed. His take definitely gave me the creeps, though. He believed that whatever we saw was actively trying to make us forget about it. He also said that he'd practice saying the phrase, we have to talk about the blur several times that day, just to make sure that we talked about it. My best guess is that we saw an alien vehicle. I wish I had more to say on this, but that's really all I have. If this has ever happened to you, I'd love to hear about it. Thanks. As an edit, my brother posted his experience below under his username and update. I got a chat invite early this morning about my post. The user claimed that he had heard a similar story years ago and wanted me to give a more specific location. I asked if he possibly knew me and to share his in-real-life name on the chance he had heard it from me. He finally replied and I'm mind-blown. He gave details that I did not share on the post. 
I was adopted at six weeks old. I've always known that I was adopted because my parents would talk about when they got me and not when I was born. Not that I actually understood what that meant when I was seven, when my biological father showed up to say hello and goodbye. I had a typical American family of the 1970s. Two big brothers, a mom, dad, three cats, and a dog. The only ghost I had ever heard of was Casper. <laughs> One night, very early in the morning, I woke up from a very deep sleep. I was wide awake as soon as I opened my eyes. I wasn't scared, but I thought it was odd that the only thing I could move was my eyes. I looked from the window to the door, trying to figure out what woke me up. I began to hear hard heel shoes, like dress shoes, walking up the hallway. I tried to call out to see if it was my dad getting up for work. He was a professor at a local state college at the time, and he always got up around 5am. I couldn't make a peep. The harder I tried to talk, the more frustrated I got. Meanwhile, the footsteps stopped right by my door. I heard a young-sounding man say, Wake up. I need to talk to you. Wake up. And then it switched to, Sherry Ann, wake up. I need to talk to you. This seemed to go on for a very long time. Me trying to speak, and the voice urging me to speak. Now, my name is not Sherry Ann, but I knew that whoever it was spoke directly to me and knew exactly who I was. I feel like more was said, but I can't remember what it was. Finally, the voice said, Remember that I'll always be with you. Suddenly, I could move. I could sit up, speak, everything like I hadn't just been struggling to do that only seconds before. Before long, I heard my dad moving around, getting ready for work. I asked him if he had been up or if my brothers had been up, but he said no. Through the years... I had had the feeling of that young man beside me from time to time. It became a familiar presence, and I remember my child self actually talking to this presence. I never got any feedback, but felt like I was heard. Although my first experience with sleep paralysis was pleasant, if not confusing, my second and hopefully last experience was definitely not. I woke up one night feeling like there was an elephant sitting on my chest. I couldn't breathe and I struggled against it, but nothing. I opened my eyes and could see absolutely nothing. I couldn't move, I couldn't scream. I felt rather than saw a struggle above me, and after what felt like forever, the force seemed to evaporate. I shot up out of bed and looked around, but again, saw nothing. I was able to see everything because I always left my bathroom light on, which illuminated the room in a shadowy glow. I laid back down and felt a calm overtake me, and actually fell back to sleep. In the morning, I was doubting myself, thinking it might have been a night terror, but I still believe this actually happened to me. I think my unseen friend fought it off for me. Now, fast forward 15 years, I had always been curious about my bio-people, and set out to find them. It was actually a very easy process. I called the social services offices that had arranged my adoption, and since my biological mother had left permission for them to give me her name, I found her in less than a week. I told them that I wanted to find my bio mom and paternal grandmother. 
The social worker thought it was odd that I didn't want to find my bio dad, and I told her that I didn't think it was possible. After she had contacted my bio mom and my grandmother, she called back with the information. She was acting a little strangely as she told me that my bio dad had died. I said yes, I know, he died when I was seven. She was flabbergasted. She asked me how I knew that information to which I had told her that he had come to me to tell me hello and goodbye when I was seven. The icing on the cake? My biological mother had originally named me Sherry Ann. A few years ago, my dad and I were walking our dog. It was relatively cold weather, but we were rounding a corner when we noticed a very large and very high up, relative to the clouds, orange light in the sky. I distinctly remember the clouds being very high, so we immediately ruled out a helicopter. Not to mention the light was really bright, given that it was moving above and between the clouds. More than that, it was moving rather quickly up and down and to the side at different intervals. We thought it was a drone, but again, the clouds were way too high for it to be a drone, and it was covering too much distance. We both tried rationalizing it as possibly being an illusion, and that the light was in front of the clouds, but it humorously disappeared by going into the clouds. We had watched it for about eight minutes or so, and in that time, neither of us had the presence of mind to film it. And that, too, was something that weirded me out. I normally filmed everything that I found interesting. This was in Houston, Texas, and for the life of me, I still can't figure out what it was. Not the most interesting story, but I hadn't found a subreddit like this before where I could talk about it. Hi. First off, I would like to say this is my first time writing a post on Reddit, therefore I hope I'm using the platform properly. And that I'm not writing this post in the wrong subreddit, please forgive me if I did. I turned 19 years old a few days ago. I haven't experienced many creepy things in my life, whether they are real or paranormal, thank god, but the few that I have will always remain in my memory, and FYI I have a very crappy memory. There's this one experience from my childhood that I never could explain to myself nor others. It made a nice creepy ghost story to tell, but I always thought it was simply the mind of a child traumatized by the lady in white at the time, imagining and interpreting every single thing. And today, as we celebrated with a few family members, my 19th birthday, I find out a completely different version of the story that I had made up in my head. So, here's the story from my perspective. When I was nine, around the 14th of July in 2010, as we were celebrating a national French day and watched the World Cup, me and my family were invited to my aunt's house. The entire family was here, all my cousins, aunts, uncles. We partied until late at night, and we, the kids, played outside and had fun scaring each other. As I said before, I was obsessed with ghosts, as in scared, and could not get them off my mind. 
I had lots of nightmares and even thought I saw some when I was awake at night, to the point that I had to sleep with my mother until I turned 10 or 11. At some point, I was left alone in the garden since my cousin had gone back to the opened terrace, leaving me quite far behind. At the bottom of my aunt's large garden, there was a little slope stopped by a wire mesh, which allowed you to see the road. That particularly intrigued me because you could see people pass by, so I had fun by spying on them. After the road was a little forest, it wasn't small enough for you to be able to perceive the end of it, but it wasn't big either. We still weren't allowed to go there, though. At some point, I got tired of spying on the few people that took this path. One of my cousins called me and told me to come inside, which I did, but when I was ready to leave, I heard a mix between a whistle and a woman being strangled. Let me reassure you, it was none of those, but I can't describe this sound with other words. I looked back, and I saw a white, almost glowing shadow facing me from the little woods. I didn't think twice, and I ran back to the house. I don't think I've told anyone. I kept quiet. I don't remember anything else from that night except this, and that my family was acting a bit strange at the end of that night, but much later after my encounter. I was traumatized, so I probably had imagined everyone else was too. But years later, when recalling this moment, I came to the conclusion that I was hallucinating because it wasn't the first time I saw a white humanoid shadow far in the distance, at night, when I'm in a state of fear. I never told my parents neither, and if I did, they probably told me that I had imagined it, and I think they're right. The younger me had a very creative and scared mind at the time, and I'm pretty sure whatever I saw wasn't real. I may even have created this whole memory in my mind. However, if I'm writing this post... It's obviously because this story doesn't simply end like this. For some reason today, we were recalling some good memories we all had together, and that reminded me of the evening as I said. I don't think I've told anyone about this, but for some reasons, I felt like adding a little comment. Yeah, that was a weird but unforgettable night, right? I said while looking at one of my cousins who was here that night. That's when my mom asked me if I knew and who had told me. I was confused, and I asked what she was referring to. She didn't answer, so I insisted. My uncle spoke for her. That night, the police had knocked on the door while all of us were playing outside. The police had come to ask us if we had seen anyone or anything that seemed unusual. They later on explained that a kid was missing. The parents had looked for him in the whole neighborhood, seeing that he was nowhere to be found and then they decided to call for help. According to some neighbors, a man was seen with a kid on his back, walking back to a parking lot, which was actually connected to the road that is in front of my aunt's garden. It didn't alert them at first, because there were so many kids outside on that day, and the kid looked like he was sleeping. It couldn't have been anything. It may not have even been the abductor or the victim, but it was still a clue. In the end... I have no idea whether the kid was found or not. I can only hope they did find him, but the family moved out from the town, so my aunt and uncle never had the chance to catch up on the news. And when we were about to move on to another conversation, 
My aunt, still in shock from that night, told her husband, We should have moved out as soon as the police officer told us the man had been spying on people's gardens, especially ours, from the forest. Until today, I thought I had seen a sort of ghost or witnessed a divine apparition or simply imagined a scenario and made my younger self believe it, but now, now I wish I did. The house that I grew up in was haunted. There's many stories from all of my family and from the previous homeowners, and even the people before them. Well, the house had issues. A lot of people refused to go back after visiting just once, so with that and just how old it is, no one wanted to buy it when my dad put it up for sale in 2011. In 2014, my fiancé and I took it over. Well, apparently, during those three years that the house was on the market and empty, it wasn't empty. Someone broke in and had taken up residency. We were both package handlers for UPS in Louisville, Kentucky. This house was in New Albany, Indiana, which is 10 to 12 minutes away. We both worked the late shift and rode together, so at 2300, we would leave the house and get back around 0500 or 0530. Literally, the second day we had gone to work after moving in, it happened. We walked in the front door, and I went to the bathroom, which was after the kitchen. The kitchen also had a door, but didn't have a deadbolt, just a twisted knob-type lock. I walk into the bathroom, and it smells awful. The faucet is on, and I thought my fiancé left it on. I call her to the bathroom and said, Hey, what the hell, did you leave this on? The faucet was on, and it wasn't a small drip. It was as if someone was washing their hands. Suddenly, I noticed it. After I turned off the water, I'm standing in the doorway of the bathroom. She's standing in front of me, but in the middle of the kitchen, with the kitchen door behind her. The door is wide open, and I somehow didn't even notice it. She thought I had opened it to go take out the trash, but when we got home, I went directly to the bathroom. At this point... I told her to get behind me and I unholstered my pistol, because yes, I carry. I went out back, walked around, saw nothing, locked the door, went back in and checked the house. I found old food, bottles, crap stains, and it reeked of urine all upstairs in my sister's old room. Two days later, we get back from work and my back door is wide open again. This time, I think it was to get their stuff. I almost think we caught them two nights prior, and that's why the faucet was on. What is incredibly creepy, though, is that literally the very next day after work, right across the street from my house, was this homeless person. They were pushing shopping cart with a blanket and a trash bag. This person had a creepy mask on, and they were watching the house, and when my car lights hit them, the person started to move it along, but very slowly. I still wonder if they were studying our hours, but it didn't matter. The same day, I went and bought multiple locks for each door. I'll be posting more stories about this creepy house on Elm Street, and yes, I live on Elm Street. <laughs> I am a skeptic. I always try to explain things in a rational way. But to this day, 
I have no idea what I saw. So, this happened to me about five years ago. It was 2015. I had recently taken up a job in a different part of my country. It was a September full moon night, and the sky was exceptionally bright and clear. Me and my friends were taking a walk in the terrace of our building, and needless to say, I was looking at the sky. This is when I spotted it. It was almost camouflaged into the darkness, and I couldn't even spot it if not for the moonlight. It was a boomerang-shaped, some sort of flying object with sharp edges, and it was flying pretty low, as I could see the extreme mechanical details of the craft. To say the least, I have never seen such intricate design, even in any sci-fi movie. It was moving very slowly when I first spotted it, but the whole thing made me so dumbfounded that I couldn't even utter a word. It was like I was stuck. I tried to call my friend by giving a hand signal all the while not moving my eyes from that thing, but within a fraction of a second, it took off and disappeared. So my friend couldn't see it. It was only me. Man, it was fast. I've never seen a man-made craft disappear so quickly. I so wished that she had seen it too to prove that what I saw was for real. I was awestruck and spellbound, and I had no idea how to explain it even to myself. To this day, the memory of the craft is still fresh, and I'm still trying to figure out what I saw. I'm also trying to understand if I was just hallucinating or if I just imagined it. But I was sober and in my full senses when I saw that. Also, I'm not that imaginative, so my mind wouldn't come up with such intricate machine designs that I had seen on that craft. When I tell the story, nobody believes me, and I don't blame them. I would have done the same thing as well. Even one part of me is still in denial, and the other part is adamant to admit that I witnessed a UFO. So, friends, what do you think I saw? I'm dying to know. When I turned 11, I started babysitting my nieces and nephews because I was finally old enough. I'd been babysitting for about four years when this happened. I was about 15 at the time, and my sister worked early mornings, so she had asked me to stay the night to babysit for her. I wasn't allowed to have a phone, so my mom would let me take hers just in case. I babysat two boys. One was about eight at the time, I'll call him D, and the other was three or four, I'll call him M. My sister lived in a not-so-great part of town, so I would always keep the doors locked up tight. Plus, I liked to listen to scary stories, and I was super into true crime, so I was a pretty paranoid kid. There was a pretty large apartment complex next to my sister's house, and it had some pretty sketchy people there, but... They had a pretty nice playground and a basketball court right outside the house, and we went to play there a lot. On this particular day, though, I had just woken up and I was making French toast for my two nephews. I was listening to music with my earbuds because they were still sleeping, but I knew they would be up soon. You know, when you have your music in your ears, how sometimes it sounds like someone is calling out to you or you think you hear something... 
Well, I kept hearing noises, and kept pulling my earbuds out to listen, but the noises would stop. I did that about a dozen times before eventually chalking it up to my imagination. About the time I was finishing up the French toast, my nephews came out of the room and into the kitchen, ready to eat. I sat my younger nephew in his booster chair and started cutting up pieces for him to eat, while my older nephew was sitting at the table with a plate full of French toast. We turned on the XM radio and started playing some kids' music while eating. I thought I was hearing noises again, but I kind of tuned them out. We finally finished eating, and I put the dishes in the sink and got the kids dressed. They were begging to go to the playground, so I gave in and said sure. As I was getting dressed, I heard a loud crack. I jumped and ran out of the room pretty freaked out, and I went to check on the boys. D came out of his room with M in his arms. I looked at D and said, Did you break something? He shook his head and looked absolutely petrified. I told the boys to stay in the hallway since there were no windows, and I wasn't really sure what was going on. I started to walk around the house to see if something had fallen, but nothing looked out of place. I saw a shadow peeking in through the front door. The door had an oval glass pane, but it was difficult to see in unless you have your hands cupping your face while pressed against the window. I couldn't see his face, but he was in all black and he had black gloves on. I was standing to the side so he couldn't see me. He looked around for a minute or two until he ran around the house again. I quietly ran back into the hallway and shoved my nephews into the bathroom and whispered, Lock the door behind you. He was panicked and confused, but I didn't have a phone with me. I had to go back to the kitchen and get it. He closed and locked the door, and I ran back out to grab my mom's phone, and I heard glass cracking again, and I started to lose it. I started crying and shaking, and I called my sister. I don't really know why, but I called her and told her that someone was trying to break into the house. She freaked out and told me that I needed to call the cops. I told her I was scared and I didn't want to hang up, but I finally did call the police. I was still in the kitchen, and I saw another man run across the backyard. I was sobbing and shaking, and the police were not being quick enough. After asking for my address and the necessary questions, they told me to stay on the line and that they were sending someone out. It felt like it took forever, but finally a cop car drove around the neighborhood and said we were fine. I told him that there were two men outside trying to get in, so they got out of their cars and looked around the window. They went to the side that I heard the giant crack, and they saw the one of the windows was shattered as another was cracked. So they were definitely trying to get in, but I don't know what they were planning on doing. There was a giant bed frame in front of the two broken windows. I think if that wasn't there, I would probably not be telling this story. They never caught the men that were trying to get in, but... I just hope I'm never in a situation like that again. This happened to me last night. Well, not directly to me. I was hanging out with my boyfriend all night, just showing him around in the Christmas spectacles. I decided that we would go visit one of my friends down the road from where I used to live. He thought it was a good idea as well, 
so we met up with her at this abandoned house. We talked and laughed before we snuck back into her house. My boyfriend, Chris, decided to see if the abandoned house was unlocked so we could have some fun times. He got bad vibes from it, and he heard noises from outside the house, so we decided not to go in there. Chris told me about how he has a strong connection with the dead, and how he's been possessed a couple of times. I could tell he wasn't joking, because he was struggling not to cry in the car. Of course, I pulled over and hugged him and began to comfort him. We left the small town because he was getting very bad vibes from that farm town, so I raced out of there within the speed limit. I parked in a closed church so we could have our fun time. We were beginning to do stuff when this hooded figure rounded the corner. They came out of nowhere and made no sound as they got near the car. Once they went into the neighborhood next to us, they just disappeared. Once we were done, I began to drive him home. We crossed an overpass and he began to tense up and grip the door handle thing at the top of the car and bite down on the hoodie I had just given him. He was not okay, and I was worried. He kept asking me if his eyes were glowing or shaking. I couldn't tell, but there was fear in his eyes. I held his hand and played music to try to get whatever the hell was afflicting him to subside. He began to squeeze my hand as he began to squirm and grip the door thing. After around ten minutes, he relaxed. I asked what happened, and he said once we passed the overpass... He started to hear a high ringing in his ears, and then just loud screaming. He said it was burning his head. About 20 minutes passed as we started to enter Ohio. He lives in Ohio. He looked in the back of my car and freezes. I asked him what he was looking at, and he then says that there was someone in the back seat of my car. And of course, me being the tired girl began to freak out. I began to shake as he talked to whatever the hell was in my back seat. I even began to cry a little just out of fear. It was around 11 at night, and it was a long stretch of road in the middle of nowhere. I was freaking the hell out. I began to talk to Chris, saying that I thought he was just messing with me about it and just trying to scare me. Now, I'm a firm believer in the paranormal and supernatural. Just the fact that I've never really known or gotten weird vibes from that stretch of road was just weird to me. He grabbed my arm and held my hand trying to comfort me as I freaked out of the unknown entity that he could see and hear in the back of the car I was driving. Chris asked them to leave, and they did apparently, so I calmed down a little. I was telling him that at the house I live in right now, I would hear voices when I would be alone. I once heard two women having a conversation and saying that they were sorry. Then I once heard a little child scream from my living room. Three girls live in this house, including me, and we have no prior knowledge of anyone meeting their demise in that house. Chris told me that another reason why he's uncomfortable in my house, not because of my bitchy family, but the fact that there are two women ghosts in there and a child haunting the house that immediately struck up red flags. I've heard those women and child in that house, but I just rolled it off as my mind playing with me. From there on out, it was pretty calm, but just normal conversation as I began to relax. Believe me or not, this did happen last night. I trust my boyfriend with every fiber of my being, and I trust him with my life, and he would never lie to me like that. 
I'm still spooked a little to this day, but I do believe in what Chris told me. And just to add, Chris has no affliction with any mental health issues that would cause this, and he was both sober and sane. So that was over an hour of terrifying true stories, all recorded in one day minus one, I think, was recorded yesterday. That was fun. (laughs) Now I know why Slumber does this kind of stuff. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. To be honest with you, I had a lot of stories that were on my list that I needed to use, but I wanted to get them out before the end of the year. So... I figured why not clean up the list by just using everything I had left and doing a nice big grab bag of terrifying true stories. Hopefully you guys liked it. I know I don't usually do long stories like this, but or long videos like this, but um, you know, it was fun. I liked it. It was cool. Thank you to all the Redditors and Twitterers, is that a word, who let me use their stories. I really, really appreciate it. Please check them all out in the description below. You can also support the channel by subscribing or following me on social media, such as Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Or, if you really want to support the channel, you can hit that join button. Hit that join button to become a member of the channel, get videos early. Or, go to Patreon, support me on Patreon. Or coffee if you want to do one time, that's fine. All that said, friends, I hope you have a beautiful day, and I hope I will see you on the next video. But, until then, if you're not tired of me, then sleep well. 